Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Hi, Debbie. Good afternoon, Miss Liz. <laughs> How's it going? It's going all right. Yeah? Yeah, it is. You look really cute. I do? Yeah. Have you you put on a little bit of makeup? No. No? <laughs> do you really not have any makeup on? You have a little something. I have a little bit of eyeliner on. I don't have anything on my face. Wow. Your skin looks fabulous. I kind of hate you right now. Well, don't. It's just... <laughs> um, I have other problems. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you my problem today. Okay. So I, I know, see, and people will hate me when I, when I say this out loud, but you have to understand, I have weighed a certain amount my whole entire life. You're not like normal people who go up mm -mm. and down. I have been skinny, <laughs> Yeah. and I've never had to think about it. Yeah. And... What's, where, what's the thing about the quarantine, 15, yeah. whatever? Well, I'm not quite to 15, but I got on the scale this morning, and I'm like, holy you-know-what. I am on a diet. Because I, it's menopause. <laughs> it's not the quarantine, it's menopause. It's menopause, people. So. so I have a question though. Have you? What have you? Have you done something different? I mean, have you? Are you eating differently? Are you exercising I less? Are I you, don't feel. Are like, you less busy? I mean, what? Well, I think I'm less busy, especially in the night, right? Because I'm used to being out, out at gigs and singing, and so I feel like just that lack of activity for me that's normally in the night, right? It could be that. Okay. I. I don't drink any more or less. I don't really eat any more or less. Okay. I've exercised less because my yoga class, I can't go, mm. you know, but I still go on my jogs and all of that. So I don't know. Ugh. But isn't it something how that really gets us down? I mean, you know, we want to stand on the scale because we want to stay in control. Right. And yet, I mean, I feel you. I can be so depressed. Uh -huh. And it will, and one of two things happens. I either go out and buy a bag of chips yeah. and finish it on the way home <laughs> because I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gaining just... weight. Um, or I will just starve myself yeah, for see, the next week. Right. So I told John. I'm on a diet. It's <laughs> stupid. No. Oh, well, you look great. You well, still look just uh, the same you. as always. Thank and you. So, yeah. You're very, very sweet. Yeah. Well, you're always beautiful. Thank you. Know, you. I, your hair on your... makes me want to cut my bangs or something. I just like your hair. Yeah. You know, it's like, hello, 1992 called and wants its hair back. Because <laughs> this girl, I have tried going without bangs. I have tried it. Well, and I'm, I have to have bangs. See, and I feel like I, I've tried to make bangs, and then I don't like them because <laughs> I always want to put my hair off of my face. And so now I'm trying to bobby pin the bangs back. Yeah. It doesn't really work or something. I so. have a really low forehead, and somehow bangs are necessary for me. And I don't why know. Why do they I call tried. them bangs? Isn't that anyway. funny? 
I know. Bangs. I know. That's it's hilarious. I have no idea why they're called bangs. That's a good if, question. If one of you listeners knows why they're called bangs, please email us. <laughs> That's and right. Let us tell know. Us why they're Let called us know. bangs. Well, I'll tell you what. You can trust me okay. when I say that you look beautiful well, today. Thank you. We've I, been talking a little bit about trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trust can be tricky. Yeah, trusting people, being mm-hmm. trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really tough, especially in in these times. Yeah, I mean, there's so many angles that that word can kind of slither into. It can into our relationships, into the news, into our kids, into you know, trusting the ingredients on a package you buy. How do you know? What is it? I mean, there's just so many areas that trust right. comes into play in our lives. And so, are you somebody who can just you know, blindly trust, uh, like for instance, the ingredients on a package. Are you are you pretty good with just blindly trusting it? I know that you have kind of some, you know, dietary mm-hmm, sort of issues. Yeah, and so you have to trust the ingredients so that you don't get sick, right? Right. right. I I I definitely have to look these days at at you know what's going on in the packaging of things. Um, but typically, you know, typically. I'm I'm pretty good about, you know, knowing what I'm going to eat and all those kinds of things. But there are, especially you go into a restaurant, you have to ask. Yeah. Like, what, what's in that? You know, and so then you have to trust if they tell you the gluten is not in that. You got <laughs> to trust that it's not in that. Right, right. So, because you could very well have a chef that says, I'm so tired of being asked that question. Right. Just tell her what she wants to hear. Exactly. And then you go home and then you don't feel good the next day. Well, I have a, uh, a relative who is who gets violently ill, mm-hmm. violently ill if she even has a, a whiff of gluten. And she no. actually has to carry around a little thing in her purse and do a test. And so she really has to trust when wow. she goes to a restaurant. But you had asked, you know, I typically am, a, I trust people typically until they show themselves differently. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people, I, I've been, I've been, you know, accused, Debbie, you're too trusting. You're too trusting of people. And, you know, I, that's, there, there is probably some truth in that for me. I can, I can really? be too trusting. But then if somebody breaks my trust, um, I usually can let it go, but it takes some time. Well, that's actually letting it go is a really good quality, it isn't it? takes some time. So. Yeah, well, that's okay, too. I'm, I, I think I'm the opposite. I think I, there was a time when I was extremely trusting. Right. Um, and, and then, you know, t- enough trust got broken mm-hmm. that I just really put up a wall of protection around myself. Mm-hmm. And so... I think that's normal. Well, I, it's sad, though, because I do feel like I almost meet somebody and right away I'm like, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't trust this about you. I don't trust yeah. that. And your yeah. hair is too perfect and you're, you know, whatever. I, I don't trust this. Um, but it, but it's not even that. It's not even like an external thing. And it, and it, they don't have to say or do anything that brings up a red flag. It's just me with my wall. Well, and it's because when you've had repeated hurts with people that you thought you could trust, mm-hmm. it's hard to then just be open to trusting people. I mean, I I definitely have more of a wall now mm-hmm. than I did when I was younger. But um, 
you know, there it does seem like there's kind of two extremes of, of being having a wall and not trusting anybody and being too trusting. And really, the wisdom is somewhere in the middle. It was like, okay, well, this is a new person. And, you know, I'm not going to tell them my whole life story. I'll, I'll wait a little while before I divulge all of my secrets. <laughs> to, you know, I mean, so you don't take your skeletons out and just dance with everybody. Not, not at first. I don't think I don't think anybody should do that. At the same time, I think people should at least hope the best that when you meet a new person, hope the best about them and, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be a, who they say they are, right. you know, and what's that saying about, you know, people, if someone shows you who they really are, then believe them the, the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, I've, I've been stupid in that regard too. Someone's shown me who they are and it's like, all right, well, I'll forgive that person and then they'll do it again. And then, oh, it's probably because of this. And, you know, after a year, it's like, oh, my. Debbie, you <laughs> we just, really. We're, just, we're on a carousel that we can't get <laughs> yeah. off. And, but yeah. you know what? You bring up an interesting thing, and that is um, the difference between forgiving and trusting. Yeah. And There's I can't. Yeah, because I can you know, decide that I don't trust somebody and still forgive them exactly for yeah, exactly. what they've done and just not go back there. Because like you said, they've they've mm-hmm. shown me who they are, so yeah. I'll just believe it. You can still be, even be friends with that person. Right. And there, you can still, you know, but you just know that that is only going to go so far because mm-hmm. there's a boundary there now because that person has broken your trust and doesn't mean you don't like them or love them anymore. It just means that you're not going to go down that path with that person. You can still see them, run into them, say hi, maybe even go have a cup of coffee. But you don't have to be in full relationship. And you can still want the best for that person and all of those things. It's fun to sometimes walk away from a conversation and just go, I know that 60% of what they said was yeah. <laughs> was an exaggeration yeah. or was just plain old not true, but they sure are fun to hang out with. Uh-huh, exactly. And, and that's okay too, because we yep. all need those kinds of people in our life. And maybe we are that person to another person who right. knows, you know, somebody that they're decided, uh, I'm just going to take 50% of her. Yeah. <laughs> And I get it. I totally get it. So what kinds of things in today's world are we struggling with? Where are we struggling with trust? With trust. Well, I think the, the one big blaring obvious one is in our political situation right now. Mm-hmm. I, I know for me, and it's always been hard for me. Mm-hmm. I've always had a hard time um, when two extremes, I would, I would have a hard time like being a, in a debate class, you know, and being a good debate person because I see I can see too much of each side Mm -hmm. and I and it's sometimes it's been hard for me to form an opinion but nowadays especially what's going on with social media and the different political parties and all of that stuff for me it's been extremely hard almost excruciating to try to figure out who is telling me the truth Mm -hmm. you know and I think if people are honest I think a lot of people are feeling that same way. I think so. And then so then what happens is they're responding with emotions instead of with thoughtful thinking. And now we have this madness that seems like it's ensuing everywhere, you know, and emotions are just running hot 
all mm-hmm. the time all the time Mm -hmm. yeah and you know when I was growing up I mean since the beginning of time I think we always hear you know how you can tell if a politician is lying right his lips are moving yeah Yeah. (laughs) and um you know we always laugh at that we we tell those jokes right and I at some point along the way maybe from the beginning of time we have just accepted that our politicians aren't going to tell us the truth exactly that they are in it you know for their own personal gain right. or for their own political party. Right. And and that's just a very difficult that's but, a very difficult world to live in. But then in. on the other hand of that, Liz, what you said that's exactly true. But then I think we've all thought up until maybe the last couple of years, even if even that, that you could trust the news. Right. That you could trust. You could the politician could be this talking head saying whatever, but you could turn on the news and you would see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think people feel that way or they only watch the one news source mm-hmm. and that's all the information they get. I know people who, who have been completely unaware of certain events that have happened because that the news source that they watched didn't talk about it, yet it's all over the other side of the news, you know? Right. And it's like, which, who has the truth? It's, I don't know, it, it's very tricky for me. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I, I was telling you before we got to recording about how I, um, my husband and I kind of wanted to instill trust in our kids. And, um, you know, when they were little, nine, ten years old, we took them out for a little um, a little coffee or, you know, ice cream and had a little chat with them about what they could expect in as puberty would come close. So I nice. took my daughter out um, when it was her turn, you know, when she yeah. was nine or ten years old. And my husband took each one of our sons out when they were about nine or ten years old. And he had a little conversation with them nice. about what they could expect in the sure. next couple of years. Um, they could expect stinky pits and um, acne. <laughs> Hair growing in places. <laughs> in very weird places. And uh, acne, and they could expect to get taller, and they could expect to uh, have stinky feet. And these were all things that they could expect to happen. Um, we talked to them, of course, about sex and what was coming down the pike. And... Um, and our hope was that that was a, a, a trust-building kind of exercise sure. so that when they were then in the middle of all the drama that is being a teenager, mm-hmm. that we could say to them, hey, remember a couple of years ago when I told you that this was going to happen? I need you to trust me now that this is also going to pass. Very wise. And it was, it was, you know, it was a little parenting thing that I think we did well on. I'm not sure exactly how effective it was. At no point have my adult children said, hey, remember when you did that? I appreciate you so much. Um, but I do think that uh, politicians... Um, just in general in the world, mm-hmm. we have become very short-sighted. Mm-hmm. We say what we want to say today, and we're really not thinking about how that builds trust for tomorrow right. or next year or the year after that. Right. Um, and so, you know, for, for my husband and I, that was important to build trust, to build a foundation. Yeah. But 
are are we seeing foundations being built today? I don't know. I don't I, honestly, Liz. That's a really really good question. I mean, it it feels like everything is just so fanatical on the extreme side of anything. Right. You know, you've got the people on the right who it just seems like it's fanaticism mm-hmm. sometimes, and so what is that? foundation right you know and and I don't know that it's I I know that a lot of people are sort of in a quandary right now about where the truth is and who can you trust the foundation thing that's I mean if you think about like our founding fathers you know I mean they supposedly were going to build this country with a foundation where everybody could have their opinions and that it would be peaceful and Mm-hmm. You know, and that we that we citizens who live here could trust that, right? You know, right. and I don't know that they're all turning in their graves. I think I think <laughs> so too. Well, and you said the word opinion. You know, opinions we form our opinions based on education, experience, and emotion. Mm-hmm. Those three E's. So uh, every one of us have different experiences, Mm -hmm. education, and emotions. So therefore, each and every one of us has a different opinion. And I think that we, social media has given us the uh, false belief that our opinions are number one, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And number two, that they're right. Exactly. And and they're not right. Right. They're they're ours. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I might have a broader education in a specific area, I might feel like I have a bigger voice mm-hmm. uh, to speak to something because I've been there, done that. Right. Um, but there's always people that have more education. And certainly my opinions about a lot of things have changed yes. in the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they right. have. Right. Hopefully. Hopefully you're growing and changing and having new experiences that open up your mind and heart and soul to other ideas and other kinds of people and even trying new food or whatever, (laughs) you know? I I remember never, I was never, ever going to eat a Brussels sprout, ever. (laughs) And And then somebody roasted a Brussels sprout. Oh, they did. And they said, Debbie, trust me, you're going to love it. Trust me. And I'm like putting that thing in my mouth thinking I'm going to, and now I just want them every day. (laughs) They're so good. And let me tell you what, there is a truck, there is a food truck here in town. Um, And I'm not going to remember the name of the food truck, but it's too bad. But they make Kung Pao Brussels sprouts. (gasps) So it's that wonderful Chinese influence, spicy. They have roasted Brussels sprouts with (laughs) kung pao, and they are so, so, so delicious. I've had Brussels sprouts tacos. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've I've had that too. Yeah. And uh, I made actually, I'm I'm not a cook, but I trusted the recipe because (laughs) it looked really good. And I made these sweet potato tacos. Oh. And they were really, really good. That yeah, see, like, awesome. how do you know how to trust a recipe? I'm looking at this recipe. How do I know? Right. I'm just going to, it looks good, so I'm going to try it. I'm going to trust it, and I'm going to try it. And we do have to make decisions about what we're going to trust. You do every day, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you know, the pandemic's like, do we trust 
Some of us have governors that are very, very, very cautious. And then you have, of course, people who are screaming that he's taking away our rights and he's um, trying to keep us from our freedoms. And then you have, like, church leaders Mm -hmm. that are saying, we can't sit by and let some government tell us that we can't gather and we can't do this. Um, On the other hand, I grew up in a church that taught me to obey and follow the rules of the land. Well, I think that is what the scripture does say, Mm -hmm. that you're supposed to obey the the leaders. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I mean... There's also corrupt governments in the Bible, too. I was just going to say. So, so, you know, but even that, you know, I mean, where, where is the truth in that, you know? But I... Well, go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, I just, I just think it comes to discerning. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes, sometimes it just is the voice inside that says something about this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And we all have that voice inside, that feeling inside. Um, I remember as a young mom, I had a sense that I shouldn't send my daughter to a particular birthday party. And I just kind of pushed that aside because I thought, that's silly. She's going with friends. It's it's going to be okay. It turned out to not be an okay situation. And I wish that I had listened to that voice. Mm-hmm. But um, so, so we all have that. Mm-hmm. And, it's, so, and now you're talking about trusting yourself. Right. And that's really the most important person that you need to trust. Right. You know, and so you were, again, continue because that's, that's what, exactly what you're talking about. Right. Trusting your instinct. You didn't trust, you didn't follow what you thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've never told me that story. You'll have to tell me that later. I'll, I will. I'll tell you that story <laughs> later. But uh, it is kind of, um, but where do you, where do you get the information that then comes out mm-hmm. Uh, through through yourself, how do you how do you learn to trust yourself? That's. A, I think as we get older, mm-hmm. you know, you if if you're open and you're really you're the kind of person that wants to grow and wants to learn and wants to become more open and aware and stuff. I, I think it just kind of naturally comes as you age and as you have different ex- life experiences and stuff. Because a lot of that, I think, instinct too kind of is built upon the found, the foundation like you were talking about <clears throat> that I've had this experience and that and so I'm, I'm recognizing this experience and this is something I've been through before and I know I'm going to follow that instinct you know you know what I'm talking about I do yeah I do. so like you you learn from your past mistakes which then helps you to then go forward and trust yourself that you're not going to go there again. You're not going to walk down that road. Have you heard that poem about the holes and the guy and he, he jumps over the hole? There's all these holes in the road and, no. and he, he's walking down the road and he falls into the hole. And he gets back out, dusts himself off and next day he goes down and he falls into the hole. Then the next day he's like, you know what, that hole's there so he goes around the hole. You know, and, and it goes it goes all, all through it. And then by the like the fifth or sixth day or however the poem goes, he just chooses a whole other road. <laughs> right? There you go. Now that is wisdom. Yeah. And so he's learned to trust that there's a hole there. Yeah. He knows there's a hole there. Right. <laughs> and he's trusting himself. There's a one of my favorite singers, 
sings that poem. Oh, wow. It's it's marvelous. It's really, really, really good. I'll, I'll play that for you sometime. Wow, that's Her name awesome. is Diane Reeves, and it's on a, a an album called In the Moment. Uh-huh. She's a jazz singer, and she sings that poem, and it's hilarious and and just filled with wisdom and, and about trusting your instincts, trusting yourself. So That's so cool. Uh-huh. So... Becoming trustworthy, you know, becoming somebody who trusts your instincts, yeah. ha- a lot of experience comes with that. So experience is something that teaches us how to trust our instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just being open to um, listening to the teachings of people that are smarter than us. Yeah. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we listen to teachings? How do we... Um, hmm. you know, take, where do we decide to take in our information? Yeah. Well, hopefully from multiple sources and not just one. Right. Again, sort of the same thing about the news. I think that memes are probably not where we should get our information. I think that you are correct. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, finding authors that you really like, um, finding pastors and people who are public speakers that you really like. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even musicians, music that you really like. A lot of music has great positive messages in that, you know, that you can kind of listen to and, and which might then lead you to look into another subject or find another author or, I don't know, there's, there's all kinds of sources of finding stuff. I mean, spiritual books, mm-hmm. spiritual leader people, Um, you know, I think if something is hyperbole Mm -hmm. or bigger than it ought to be, that's probably something that we should look at suspiciously and maybe not turn around and share. Mm -hmm. I know that one of the, one of the memes that have been going around is this meme that says 800,000 kids a year in the United States are reported missing. Where are the kids? And I have seen this meme multiple times on uh, Facebook and on Instagram. If 800,000 children were missing every year... Where are all those parents screaming and making a a big, huge noise? Wouldn't they be in the streets? I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't take much to just look up information. And I think a lot of us have come to the point where we don't even trust... The information you look up. Right. So it used to be you'd go to the library, Mm -hmm. you'd find a book that had been uh, vetted and had been published and had history. Right. And you could trust that the information in that book was valuable and true. And And now you go to things like Snopes or Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. and there's reasons to not trust Wikipedia, and there's reasons to not trust Snopes, and there's reasons to not trust. So so suddenly we find ourselves in this very um, new and uncharted waters where we don't even know where to get the right information. Yeah. I I hate that. I mean, it, it makes me feel oftentimes paralyzed because kind of like I mentioned earlier, I always have felt like I'm the kind of person that I can kind of see truth or not on both sides. Like if two people are having an argument, I feel like I can listen to one person and hear what they're saying and I could, like I would be a good mediator. Right. Although 
you know, in the end, it would be hard for me to pick. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I do because I, I can see too much of the big picture sometimes of what this person is saying and what this person is saying. But be more of us need to be seeing big pictures, I think. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, I, I imagine trying to be a judge, you know, and discerning through a case and you're listening to this person and this person and how you make those calls. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it, and so I... It, I do like that quality in me because I, I feel like it gives me more compassion to see what people are saying. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's made it really, really hard for me to stand up and say what I think and say what I feel sometimes because I don't trust sometimes that I know enough about something to have an opinion or, you know, that I studied enough and I'm going to say the wrong thing or whatever. Right. And I don't like that. And I don't like feeling like I can't trust. You know, like you say, you could go to the library and get the Britannica encyclopedia <laughs> and look up, I don't know, elephants and learn everything you need to know about them. And you didn't have to worry. And then you could look up the Zambia and, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can, yeah. You know, and now it's like, you can't really do that. I know. So, I don't know. I think the hyperbole also keeps us from, um, from, from moving forward and from being effective mm -hmm. and from affecting change. Mm -hmm. I think it kind of paralyzes us mm -hmm. into a place of fear or a place of, um, well, that's too big for me. I can't do anything about it. Um, but spreading the meme, mm -hmm. sharing the meme, that, that makes us feel like we've done something. Right, right. You know? I, I, I do want to encourage people that 800,000 children a year do not go missing in the United States. Yeah. You know, in reality, in reality, there's about 450,000 um, children a year reported missing. But they all aren't actually missing. The vast majority of them, the vast majority right. of them are, first of all, there's sometimes the same child is reported missing more than once. Um, they're uh, maybe a non-custodial parent doesn't return the child quite on time, so the custodial parent calls and reports their children missing. Right. Or maybe a child doesn't come home from school and goes and plays basketball and doesn't tell their parents, mm -hmm. and they're reported missing. Um, maybe a child truly has an addiction or some sort of other mental illness. Or, or maybe there's a home situation that isn't good, and so then the kid doesn't want to go home. Yeah. And, so. and they've run away or they've gone <laughs> to stay at a friend's right. house, and the parents. And sometimes, sometimes, a, a parent really is... Uh, perhaps abusing a child or controlling a child mm -hmm. and, um, and and doesn't want that child to go out and find someplace right. safe. Right. Um, in the United States, we do have between 50 and 100 kids a year that are abducted by strangers. Ugh. And that's horrible. That's horrible. And awful. But here's the thing. That 50 to 100 kids, they deserve to have the focus. Not some meme that is blowing it way right. out of proportion. Not some 450,000 non-existent children right. who who are actually maybe at home with their parents or maybe have been found or in foster care. Sadly, sometimes kids are found, they've, they're suicide, there's all kinds of issues. Right, right. So when we think in terms of hyperbole, we don't have the courage or we don't feel like there's anything we can do to affect change in the world. Mm -hmm. But if you just 
concentrate on the, I don't know, maybe a hundred kids at your local school who might be at risk. I was just going to say at risk. Yeah. At risk. At risk of a dangerous home life. Mm -hmm. At risk of not eating. Mm -hmm. um, at risk of going being incarcerated at mm -hmm. some point. Those kids can be reached. And so you can do that with your, uh, with, you know, becoming a part of your school community, right. becoming a part of your local community, becoming a part of your church community. Right, right. Um, there's ways to, there's ways to kind of attack these problems when you realize that they're not as big as mm -hmm. they seem to be. They, they mm -hmm. really are very, there's really ways that all of us can make a difference right. if we just focus on what's true and real. Exactly. And not let some thing that's all blown out of proportion make you feel like you can't do anything. Right. You know. Right. I I feel that way kind of even about um, <laughs> politics stuff. So I know people who are so they're just so freaked out and I about on these people on either side. Right. 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 So instead of letting it completely overwhelm you and freak you out then go make some phone calls yeah. go go sit at the at the office of your local congressman and sit there there and make some calls walk the precincts go door to door do do something mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. instead of being just out of control upset that it's ruining your life i understand it can be depressing it can be extremely depressing on for those who are on either side, right. you know, because it feels so fearful and stuff, but you can do something. You Absolutely. Know? You can make positive change, but be open to the people that, that have other opinions and trust yourself that you can listen to another opinion without it upsetting you. Mm -hmm. You can totally trust yourself to sit there and listen to somebody saying something that you know inside you don't agree with, but you can listen, mm -hmm. actively listen and try to hear what they're saying. And okay, mm -hmm. take it in, take it home, listen to it, think about it, you know, think about how you would respond instead of just reacting. Well, and think about how small your life would have been if you had never had Brussels sprouts. <laughs> right. You know, if you had just been <laughs> determined to never, ever have them because you knew that you were never going to like never them. Never going to like because them. Because when they were boiled to death and topped with mayonnaise, Ew. which is how I got it when I was a child, um, you know, they were not delicious. No. Uh, but they were like little dirt balls. <laughs> But, you know, when you're open to, hey, a roasted Brussels sprout, then all of a sudden um, your, your world expands a little bit and how much better things are. Mm -hmm. uh, and the same thing is true for politics on the other side yeah. or... Yeah. I mean, really um, anything. 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 It doesn't even have to be politics. It can be people who... Religion. Religion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I know one place we haven't ventured to yet in this little trusting conversation. And we haven't ventured to... You know, being in a relationship with somebody, with somebody, a romantic relationship, and mm -hmm. when trust gets broken, or if you're the person who breaks the trust, mm -hmm. that's probably, when people think of trust, I think that's probably one of the number one ways people think about that, mm -hmm. you know, and that is, that is a big, that's a big place. You see on our, 
on the news and in the media, you know, so many broken relationships and so-and-so had an affair and da-da-da-da and all this stuff. And, you know, how how do we become those trust that trustworthy partner that we, you, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I, I know... I know for me in my first marriage, I think and I touched on this before, both both he and I weren't 100% trustworthy. We mm-hmm. both did things, nothing major, but we both did things that were hurtful mm-hmm. and, um, and broke each other's trust. And, mm-hmm. and it was tricky and difficult to, to regain that, you know. And now I'm married again, and I and I vowed that I'll I'll never let my myself go down any kind of path like that. I learned so much through that, but how you know regaining trust mm-hmm. is a is a tricky thing. It's it, tricky, and I and I I you know like you I I lost my husband's trust as well, and and broke his trust, and and had to gain it back. And two things happened. Number one, I determined to be just completely transparent mm-hmm. and honest and about everything, you know, going forward and just making sure that, and that holds me accountable. Exactly. It absolutely holds me accountable. It also builds his trust that I am going to be there and be who I say I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing too is on his side and, you know, my side too, when we're each trying to trust the other yes. person, um, we don't hold it over the other person's head right. and constantly remind them, right. remember when you did this, right. remember when you said that, right. Right. you know, remember when you weren't where you said you were, you know, I don't know if I can ever trust you again. Right. Um, right. That's ridiculous. Right. Uh, so if we're just constantly holding it over another person mm-hmm. and demanding that they be something that you know, to, in order to feed our ego, or in order to feed our insecurities. Well, that's not a way to build relationships no. either. Uh, the other thing it makes me think of is trust. Building trust comes in little small things, and it, it, it doesn't even necessarily have to do with fidelity kinds of things. Right, it's right, like, right. you know, I'm going to be home at 5, and so if you're not going to be home at 5, sending a text so that the person knows mm-hmm. and, and not li- leaving them hanging or, you know, doing what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. If you say, you know, I'm going to do this, then do it because that makes the other person know that he's a, he or she is a person that can be counted on mm-hmm. and that they're going to do what they say and they're going to act and, and behave the way that they're saying they're going to, you know, in the little things. And that's integrity. You know, mm-hmm. integrity is being who you say yeah. you are in public when you're in private. Yeah, and it's like you just said, being transparent. And, you know, I mean, not we're none of us are perfect. We're all going to, you know, I'm going to be late. I'm going to forget to do this. I'm going to forget. Oh, shoot. I said I was going to go do that, and I forgot. Right. Then apologize and go do it then. Right. <laughs> you know, and... Right. and um, but I, I do think that trust with girlfriends, you know, it, it, it takes time to build. But it, it is. It's like those little baby steps of doing what you say. And I think, like, even in politics, you can look back at some of the candidates and you can kind of see. You can see, you know, is that person trustworthy? That person was doing those same things back 30 years ago that they're saying that they're doing now. Mm-hmm. They have a track record of 
being the person that they say they are and they want to be. And right. so then I can trust that right. or not. Or not or, trust it. Or, or whatever, yeah. you know. And, and you said a good thing, you know, girlfriends can, we love to gossip. Yep. And we love to tell other people everything that we know about yeah. other people. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, gossip is just an incredibly uh, breaking, broken kind of re- relational thing. And if, you, and if you gossip about somebody over and over and somebody knows that you're the person that they that they can't trust, yeah. that is going to share the information, yeah. you know, that's, so we can make a decision to not gossip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are ways to say, hey, I'm trustworthy, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm going to not, uh, what? I'm a vault. <laughs> that's right, I'm a vault, I just close it up, you tell me something and it's closed. Uh-huh. So we can definitely not gossip, we can choose to not believe hyperbole, mm-hmm. and believe things that seem too good to be true, exactly. or too outrageous exactly. to be true. Um, and don't be afraid, like we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. of getting out of your protective bubble. Yeah. Don't be afraid of listening to the other side. Exactly. Or to the it's other not gonna person. Hurt. It's not going to hurt you. It's, you know, it, you can listen. Right. And you can be open and listen, and it's not going to hurt you. You know? It, no. No one's going to stab you for listening (laughs) to another opinion. And you don't have to change your mind if it doesn't work for you or if it's not something you believe. But just being just being patient with someone and listening to what mm-hmm. they have to say. I, I remember making a friend incredibly angry. I, I think I've maybe even talked about this, but she hasn't spoken to me in years because I made her incredibly angry about something I said. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. It wasn't directed at her. It wasn't. It, mm-hmm. She was just offended at my opinion. Oh. Which, again, based on education, emotion, mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Um, Education. What were the three E's? Education, emotion, and um, experience. Experience. Thank you. And so because of my um, experience, I had an opinion that offended her. Right. But it wasn't about her. Right. And being offended by someone else's experience, education, or emotion is a choice. Right. It's a choice to be offended, you know, and um, she hasn't spoken to me in years because I offended her and she took that personally. But understanding that a person brings other things to the table and kind of hearing where they're coming from can help you build trust as well. It certainly can. You know, not taking it personally. You, You could have a best friend. I mean, there are people that are married that are each other's best friends that disagree on all kinds of things. Right, right, right. You, you know, and, and you know, again, you can disagree and still be in loving relationship with people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, I, I don't know. Absolutely. This is, trust is a really, really deep, great topic because we could just, we could probably just think of all kinds of examples of areas in our life where we have to trust. Well, and I think that we'll probably talk about some other aspects of trust as well. Um, You know, one of the things that we do to one another right now in this climate is we spread fear. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand that spreading fear, fear fear-mongering, is a form of control. Mm -hmm. You want somebody to think like you think, so you tell them, if you don't think like me, 
this is going to happen. Right, right. We we sometimes do when our kids are little, where we say, if you don't eat your vegetables, you won't get any dessert tonight. Mm-hmm. Or you're, I'm going to tell your father when he All gets home. All people in China are going to starve <laughs> because you're. <laughs> Or wait until your father gets home or whatever. And so fear is definitely a form of control. Mm -hmm. And so rather than spreading fear, let's spread truth and let's spread facts. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's stop with the hyperbole Mm -hmm. and let's just be somebody that other people can trust. Exactly. Exactly. I think that wraps it up. That wraps it up. I want yeah. I want to be that person. So I do too. Yeah, I do too. I really do. So I do too. So for the next hour, I'll be extremely trustworthy. So at least. <laughs> Good job, Deb. Thanks for having this yeah. conversation. All right, Liz. Yeah. I'll see you next time. Go and trust. <laughs>